It's the Garage Guys Race Recap Show with Garage Guys Chase and Dale Tanhart. Uh, we're back. We we were in Iowa. For anyone that wanted to know, we were at the Hy-Vee IndyCar Race Weekend, um, and of course, joined with Dale here. And uh, and and we are uh, we've been experiencing some 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 distance and low key technical difficulties. But you didn't have to know that. But I just wanted you to know that. Yeah, it's um, been it's been fun. A lot of fun. Love technology. But yeah, Dale Center's on the road, dude. I mean, Dale I mean Center it happens. On the road. I'm in a uh, single wide trailer and uh right outside Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's a spot I've been going to for the past decade plus. And it's the El Lou Mobile Home Park. If anybody near this area is familiar with it, they keep talking about that Roger Penske's gonna buy it and bulldoze it. And it seems like it just keeps going back and forth on what's going to happen here. So uh, apparently if Penske buys it, this single wide I'm living in will be turned into a parking spot, which uh, I hope does not happen because there's a lot of history here. And uh, my friends and family have been coming here for a long time. But talking about Iowa, it was awesome. Absolutely loved it. IndyCar, Hy-Vee did an unbelievable job promoting the event. The races were fun. The concerts were fun. The vibe was strong, and it was it was a great weekend. Yeah, it was. I just wanted to say I didn't get to say it, but shout out to the clock. You you were I didn't want to interrupt your story about you know the good old uh, El Lou, and uh, and and it's for good reason. But shout out to the clock. Um, definitely wanted to talk about that because you know what what's going to happen to Daryl. You know our good friend Daryl uh there and and everyone else there and it just reminds me of that one song by the counting crows they, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot i have never taken uh, a, a shit in a more weird place than the el lou shower house there are no doors on the that's shitters right. that's right i've yeah. showered there i've showered there hundreds maybe thousands of times the water pressure is nice and regarding daryl daryl is a woman and I think Daryl was evicted a long time ago. So I don't um, think Daryl's here anymore. That would explain but, that why I don't get any text messages asking if, if she can see the video that she was in anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's an interesting spot out here. I, I think the bunny, there's a lot of bunny rabbits around here that are hyped up, bouncing around like at light speed. And I think because all, the only food, substance they can find on the ground are like crack rocks left meth pebbles from, yeah yeah crack rocks meth pebbles whatever <laughs> you want to call them they're just they're uh they're decimating the bunny population it's terrible the well, mobile home park the good news is is that if they evicted daryl that means they cleaned up and they freshened up and another way that we like to clean up and freshen up is with duke cannon Duke Cannon Supply Company. That's right. Uh, we were at the IndyCar race this weekend with Duke Cannon. If you don't know about Duke Cannon by now, you've been living under a rock. They literally make big-ass soap bars. Some of the best-smelling soaps, I think, on planet Earth. They have a laundry list of products ranging from body washes, cold shower scrubs, cold shower wipes, which we use a lot, and the uh, one of the newer uh, products. It may not even be newer, maybe, maybe older or revamped as you call it, but it's, it's definitely from the future. It is Duke Cannon's dry ice deodorant. And 
You can have all of that and more right now by going to DukeCannon.com and using promo code GARAGEGUYS. You're going to save 10% off your order. And we told you on the race preview show that this offer was good for five days. That means you got about a couple more days left to go over to DukeCannon.com, use promo code GARAGEGUYS on whatever you want to order. Go do that. Do it for the garage fam. Do it for yourself, uh, especially if you stink. You don't want to stink in any any places. It's all about working harder and smelling better, and that is the motto, Duke Cannon, uh, and our motto, ice those pits. I like saying yeah. that. Yeah, I lo- love saying that, and that was very necessary throughout the weekend at Iowa yes. and almost anywhere right now with the, the blazing heat. I know that deodorant comes in two or three different uh, scents, and it's it's awesome. It literally gives you a – uh, just an incredible sensation of coolness when you apply it. And I know it was hot in Pocono too, from people I heard that were there. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about. The craziness that was Pocono, everything that happened after the race, that was even crazier than the race itself. New developments mm. that came out on Wednesday. Mm. I mean, it's just mayhem. Pocono tricky triangle is, was just a fucking tricky fest of madness for everybody yeah the uh the, i didn't get to watch a ton of it i was definitely engaged at the uh at the high v uh races both races saturday and sunday uh i think the it was the 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 high v salute to farmers 300 was on sunday 350. where 350 where uh where pato pato ward won that race and uh, was followed by uh, my favorite IndyCar driver because I won my first bet ever with him, Will Power, uh, in the Verizon uh, spaceship. So great astronauts, great space racing. Um, also wanted to just say Joseph Newgarden, glad to hear he is okay. We learned, you and I were both in the infield when we learned that he had suffered a concussion after the wreck that he had, which pretty much caused uh, that race to be open for Pato to take. Because if it wouldn't have been for that, Joseph Newgarden would have swept. Did they say that for sure? Did they say it was a concussion? Well, I know that he had an abrasion, so not a concussion. I should have been a little more careful with my words. Um, So he definitely had a head injury. And right. okay. apparently he is okay, but I, I'm pretty sure you mentioned the word abrasion when yes. we were walking. Yeah, that's what I saw. The, the main thing is that he's okay, but it's like, is he going to race this weekend? They've got uh, Santino Ferrucci on standby, mm. I believe, and that would basically eliminate him from championship contention. But, yeah, no, Joseph is so good on ovals in the IndyCar series, and especially at Iowa. One on Saturday, me and you both hit that, and then – Sunday was just too expensive to pick Yeah, on the betting side. And I was like, you know what? We're going to need something to happen. I kind of thought a strategy play would would occur due to a timely yellow that would mix things up. And, I mean, we got lucky with with him, with him uh, DNF crashing. But uh, number one priority is that he's healthy, and, and hopefully he gets back in there this weekend or soon after, if not. And Kurt Busch, how about Kurt Busch? Same thing over in Pocono. He yeah. gets hurt and qualifying crashes. He's got a concussion. He may not be back this weekend. So it's crazy how tumultuous it was on both both Iowa and Pocono this weekend. 
but I'm just yeah. glad those guys are both okay. The things this, this a lot there was so much that happened, it gets to distract everyone away from the fact that I only bet on Ryan Blaney um until this very moment. Uh, because I was definitely gonna talk about it. And uh and it was a terrible tragedy for him. And that's about as much as I'm gonna say. Uh, do not mock the Anunnaki when they're pyramid triangles. They will come down from planet Nibiru uh, telepathically or in four dimensions and fuck your day up. Uh, planet X, right? Is yeah, planet, planet X. Planet yeah. X, correct. Yes, yeah. that is, I used that to is be there. obsessed with those fucking apocalypse theories. Like the yeah. 2012, like one of the theories is that the Nibiru planet was going to just like come crashing into Earth. Where were you in 2012? That that's a, I mean this is a pivot but I need to know this. This is need to know information right so now. So I was dude, I was terrified of that of the mind thing. I oh, was like no. when I was I found out about it when I was like 14 and I think for 2 years I every now and then I'd think about it. I'd be like damn, we're getting closer and closer. I was so scared of it and then I was 16 in class sophomore year of high school when it was December 21st at 11 a.m. because it said it was going to be at 11, 11 a.m. that the apocalypse was going to happen, right? And uh, I was in class. I remember very specifically who I was in class with. I remember looking up at the clock, and I was like, yeah, this shit ain't going to happen. It's all good. Damn. I think it was a Friday, too. I think it was a Friday, so it was like we had like an end-of-the-world party that night. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I can remember back to mine. So I was in college, actually, and I had decided that, well, if we're going to die, I'm going to be fucked up. So we all went out to a bar and just got shit housed. And then we woke up the next day and we were like, oh, damn. And we had watched the movie 2012 as well, um, which was like, you know, supposed to be show us what would happen. But the beauty of it is, is that I did a I, before I dropped out of college, I did a ton of like classes and research on religions and I studied like multiple religions. And what I learned about it was, is that all that was happening was, is we were entering a new like Era, celestial right? cycle. Yeah. So essentially like it was the new era or where we had spun. So now that we know about these galaxies and we've seen these graphics of galaxies, like come like running through each other and like combining, I think that's what happened. Honestly, that's a theory right here. I'm here. I, maybe I'll get a Nobel for it one day, just to putting a theory of that on a NASCAR recap show. Uh, that the what happened was is we crossed through two different galaxies, and that's why the Mandela effect has been so uh, heavy in uh, this day and age since 2012. You know, I kind of thought that the apocalypse was going to happen after Brad Keselowski came out of nowhere and won the championship in, mm. in 2012. So that happened in November, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, I might have to start thinking about this again because Jimmy Johnson and Tony Stewart – had won the last six championships from 2005 to 2011 yeah. or seven. Holy shit. Seven years in a row was either Tony Stewart or Jimmy Johnson and Dodge had not won a championship in like 40 fucking years. And then Brad Keselowski brought Dodge championship in uh, November of 2012. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're done for. This is weird. Like <laughs> At the time, Brad had just gotten good. Like him and Paul Wolf were, they just kind of came out of nowhere when the two car was 
uh, Penske had kind of bounced around between Newman, Kurt Busch, A.J. Allmendinger, and were kind of unstable. And then Brad Kay just changed it. And then I was like, yeah, the world's going to end for sure. But it didn't. And here we are. And now Brad Kay. Uh, His world not doing, ended. Not doing so hot 10 years later. That's correct. So that was a that was a really cool segment. So you get two segments. We on find ways to segue it. We find we ways do. to segue into NASCAR. So yeah, got to. So we so talking about Pocono this weekend. So Denny Hamlin wins. There's a lot to unpack here, and I know you have a ton to say. And uh, and I, I'm just going to be pretty quick with just my analysis on this. Fuck the race, except for the fact that Ross Chastain got sent and got yeeted real hard by Dennis, which was everyone saw it coming. We knew it was coming. Uh, it did suck for betting purposes, but all good uh, because uh, it, the craziest thing in the world happened with the books. And like you, you had said, this is something that needed to happen. But I want to pay tribute to what happened after the race. For me, that is what is most important out of this entire story is that we get a man that gets a trophy. And then he also gets a flag, gives it to his daughter, then leaves, finds out he's disqualified, gets the tape that was on the car back, puts it in the Eagle's mouth of the trophy. The next day after Chase Elliott says he's not, he doesn't really care if he gets the trophy back or not. And then Dennis puts a video out with the tape in the Eagle's mouth and drinking the champagne that he won while eating a TV dinner. It is just Incredible. something, yeah, out of a out of a, a storybook, and it it really has put Denny Hamlin on a pedestal for me at this point as uh, NASCAR's greatest troll. Like Kyle Busch was there for a very long time. Denny has now surpassed him at troll level status, and I am more than qualified to be able to say who the trolls are and who aren't. It's one of my favorite things. So. Denny is now the superior troll. He is the top troll. Uh, he, he's a top. Denny's you know, it's crazy because he, he, he's doing it in his 40s, right? Like, he, yeah. it's crazy that he's at that age and he just fucking gets it. You know, that's the most impressive part to me, that he's at, like, the latter end of his career. And one thing on the opposite spectrum of that is, like, it works because he's old enough where he just, like, doesn't give a fuck because he owns his own team now. He's basically rooted into NASCAR in the ownership side. And he's just, he's basically, I mean, he has a Hall of Famer. He's got three days on the 500s and mm-hmm. like 50 something wins. He's for sure a Hall of Famer. So he just doesn't care. But I think it's impressive at his age, what he's doing. And the penalty, it's crazy because you, I mentioned, I kind of teased the developments that happened today. Michael McDowell, did you see that? I don't know I if you did. Saw- a hundred thousand for his crew chief, and it's what was it? it was tampering? They modified some kind of part, but a four race suspension, a hundred points, and ten playoff points docked, which won't hardly mean anything. But he, they modified some kind of part that they haven't told us what part it is yet. But apparently, it's explicit enough to where nascar is like okay like you knew exactly what the fuck you were doing dude yeah so this Uh, is where the top tens have been coming from i forget his crew chief's name hold on i gotta look real quick i quote tweeted earlier i believe but it it sounds like this is where the top tens blake harris blake Blake harris Harris. sounds like a used car salesman yeah yeah he kind of does i guess blake harris 
I, I, I wanted to say NBA player just because I thought of Joe Harris. Yeah. Just like that, the, the white guy on the nets, but um, sharpshooter for sure. But Blake Harris and, and Michael McDowell's team get screwed big time. And I tweeted it. I quit tweeted and was like, all these top tens that Michael McDowell's been getting, it all makes sense now, right? Like, did are we putting nitrous in here? What are we doing? Like, yeah, I just would have never expected McDowell to have this kind of year on the top tens and, and running so well. Maybe they were blatantly cheating and NASCAR just busted them. How do you think loves feels? Because we're very fond of loves. Love, I feel loves. like love loves. I, yeah, I feel like everyone's very. I feel like every like you would walk into loves tomorrow, and like everyone just kind of has their head hanging down. Like I mean, that's kind of a normal day at loves, but like it's even more intensified. Like now, it's just like everyone's just sad. Like imagine rallying around Michael McDowell uh, as your driver for one. McCheese Dick. That's what yeah. I like to call him. McCheese Dick. Yeah, he literally is like the human version of a dinosaur chicken nugget. Um, so, you know, he is that guy. And you have to rally around that. And then you find out this, that, you know, uh, Mr. Jesus Fish on the back of the car, uh, you know, they, they, they trying, but still cheating. And, uh, yeah, it's just sad because you want to you feel like Michael McDowell could get the top tens on his own, but apparently not so much. Well, look, we thought that. Just generally speaking, we thought that this was a possibility to happen in 2022 because of the Gen 7 race car. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to be trying to find those advantages early and often. And maybe they uh, it took it took them taking the car to R&D to figure it out. Right. So they tore it down or did some kind of more vigorous inspection than what uh, we would see on, you know, fifth place on back. Oh, yeah. And real uh, sus. they found something and it's just maybe this is a I don't know what will come from it. I really have no idea. You know, we're at Bozy, a moment. Bozy on Twitter has excellent insight on all this on everything technical, why the penalties could have been addressed when we don't have all the information, what it means, what the parts were when he whenever he's able to find out. I know last week I saw he was complaining that he couldn't that NASCAR didn't say what part was modified maybe they'll come out with that maybe they did later tonight or this evening i'm not for sure but uh going back to the denny hamlin kyle bush thing you talk about the denny troll the piece of tape in the eagle's mouth obviously was the smartest thing ever that a lot of people didn't notice at first very so i didn't notice it at the at the first the first time i watched it i did not notice it but like that little piece of tape right there is enough with these cars they're so aero dependent that little piece of tape being placed right above the splitter can have a huge impact on, on handling. And I know I had said in the discord, I was talking to somebody that I wasn't convinced that the penalty had just a substantial impact on why him and Kyle Bush finished first or second, but seeing the specifics of what they did and why, thanks to Bozy, especially, I definitely 100% believe they had advantages on their race cars, performance advantages for sure. Yeah, had to. Shout out to the Bose Meister. Uh, love that guy. Yeah, there's a it's, – it's just a – all over, even if you didn't realize that the tape was there, it was still a funny moment. And uh, when you do realize the tape's there, that's when it's even better. So, 
it's uh yeah it, it's you just, know it's an all-time last thing, the last thing is uh i just wanted to touch on this is joe gibbs racing did not appeal the suspension so it's like they understood like damn we were not supposed to do that that was not supposed to be there just a fucking piece of vinyl underneath the underneath the wrap they understood that that was uh, an illegal move based on the rules and somebody said they may have not appealed it because apparently this penalty could have been severe enough to have playoff implications like some people were saying they could have been suspended from the playoffs like banned from the playoffs over this Who's so making like, these rules? Who the fuck knows? It's like, but I, I see why they wouldn't appeal if that's a possibility, because if it's severe enough, they appeal it and they get an opposite outcome of what they're looking for. And then NASCAR's like, hey, you're right. Thanks for appealing, because this is actually 10 times worse than what we gave you. Here's an L3. <laughs> you're out of the playoffs. Like, imagine if that yourself. shit happened. Yeah, it's it, you know they they did the right thing. They made the right choices. They're playing smart ball here, and we we know how close we are. We're knocking on the door, man. I mean, we only got about four or five more races left until we kick off the playoffs. So yeah, you know, trucks playoffs start this weekend. That's right awesome, at IRP. So at ERP, awesome. going back to ERP. I don't know dick about ERP. I, I I know dick about ERP. Love IRP. It's been over a decade since we've been here, so it's uh I can't wait for that race Friday night. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Hey, to and by the way, if anybody wants to help, we missed our credential deadline. So yep. we cannot get into the pits unless anybody can give us a VIP pass, which would be sick. But uh, if not, we're going to be in the stands watching the race. But uh, drop the ball in the credential process there. That's so, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. Me. And, um, you know, it's okay. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff that's going to be going down this week. And, you know, we, we're not on the preview show. We'll be talking about bets and we'll wait and may have a, a special guest on there. So we'll let you know. But, uh, you know, I think it's okay to kind of talk a little bit. Like we talked a little bit about the IndyCar race weekend. It was fun. We chatted a little bit about the drama that unfolded in Pocono. And just to talk a little bit about the Indy week itself coming up, uh, obviously Indianapolis has become one of my favorite cities in the entire United States of America. Uh, thank, thanks to Dale uh, for all the many years he has gone there and showed me around, showed me like where, where to go, you know, where the hot spots are, uh, the, the eateries, all of it. It's just a great place. And I've decided, um, obviously I've been telling everybody, I'm going full Tony this weekend for sure. Uh, Tony Stewart, AKA smoke, AKA Tony poop pants. Uh, so I will be going full Tony and I have a, uh, the, the shirt that is on garage guys, fantasy right now, the, uh, built for the future, Tony Stewart shirt. That is like $300. Um, I have decided that I'm going to do an indie week giveaway with that shirt. And right now, if you're an exclusive listener, of the garage guys uh nascar podcast you get first dibs uh all you have to do is just literally go on twitter and just say first and then i want you to do the hashtag uh tony um we'll, we'll do yeah we'll do hashtag tony poop pants we'll go with that one just do you're first. just thinking of this on the spot Yes. First, you have to say first, then you say hashtag Tony Poop Pants and then tag Garage Guys. And that's all you have to do. 
first hashtag Tony Poop Pants at Garage Guys FS. And if you do that, you are going to be one of the first people entered in and you'll get a double drawing. So you have to do that. Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is this? But only you will know because you're a real garage fam and you want to win the most insane electric Tony Stewart shirt that ever existed in all of time. So uh, you will get a double entry if you tweet that exactly the way I said. And I will probably launch that out uh, on, I'll do it on Thursday or actually, yeah, yeah, we'll do it Thursday morning. I'll put it out there. And so if you're going to be an indie, I'll have the shirt with me more than likely. So you can pick it up there if you win. If not, wow, you're going to give that thing. That thing is dirty. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So can we post a link? When this pod goes up, can you post a link to the shirt? Is there already one in there or? Oh, I will. I'm actually going to be doing a write-up uh, on the shirt itself because I feel like it's a shame that it hasn't even gotten a home. And I know the price is intimidating, but the rarity of the shirt is crazy. The shirt goes for five to seven hundred dollars on eBay, so it's uh, it's a rare ass. That shirt. is insane, dude. Yeah, wow. so I, I'm gonna give it away. It's a size large, though, so keep that in mind because I ain't giving away my two X. That's mine. Um, so size large. Uh, and it fits a little big, I believe. So if you're an XL or a large or medium, it's your time to shine. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm excited for Indy. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah, hopefully we don't get uh, get some DQs this weekend on the NASCAR side. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, got the IndyCar race, doubleheader with the Xfinity race on Saturday and then the Cup race on Sunday, all at the Speedway. This was a really fun event last year, too. And A.J. Allmendinger won an absurd race. We were in the Briscoe pit when he ran off track and got the penalty. That was fun. But you were sad because you bet on Briscoe, right? You did, too. Didn't you? Didn't you no, bet on I didn't. Briscoe? I didn't. Oh. I was rooting, though, because I love Briscoe, man. I love Briscoe. I, wanted I may or may not be betting on him again. I didn't have anybody that had a chance there at the end. I think Chase Elliott ended up finishing third or fourth, but he was my, he was my top play, and he had gotten – shuffled back i lost like three bets just from the rumble strip coming up my guys that were all running in the top five and they all hit that fucking rumble strip and crashed like the craziest thing one of the craziest wrecks i've ever seen i was watching it on the jumbotron right outside the pagoda and everyone was just going berserk we could not believe it yeah it was a nuts race with aj i'll never forget you and i are just in that photo forever ingrained in history where aj almendinger won we're just there oh yeah on the broadcast yeah yeah we were on the on the wall that was pretty cool you know remember who's leading that race denny hamlin it was 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 leading that race with a few laps ago and briscoe got into him and i hate denny hamlin's just going to be a central topic right we got to talk about denny hamlin ross chastain pocono i mean that was absolutely it wasn't insane, but for me, I had money on Ross and I had money on Denny. And what did I say to you? We were we were in one of the suites at the IndyCar race. IndyCar race was over. We're in one of the suites. I'm watching the race on my phone. And Ross and Denny are, are running first and second with, what, 20 to go? And I, I looked at so. you and I said, please, all I need is just please don't fucking wreck each other. Do not wreck each other. Nah, we knew Denny, it was coming. Thank God. Didn't wreck himself, but... I had uh, I had Ross Chastain for a top five, and 
it's funny because the discord has talked about all week, like everybody that's been on Ross, which this past week, a lot of people bet on Ross Chastain. He was like, like 15 to one after qualifying, which was ridiculous because he had such good speed. A lot of people were on Ross Chastain and everybody was saying, yeah, not worried about Denny. Denny's going to get him back in the playoffs, right? Denny's going to wait. And of course, when that situation happened, I was thinking immediately like, damn, he could just, he could just body him right now and just put him in the wall. And that's exactly what he did. And that was just a crazy ass moment. And uh, NASCAR chasm had the ultimate tweet of the second best tweet of the weekend of, or of the post race behind what Denny did, where it was Ross Chastain holding a Dairy Queen ice cream, <laughs> smiling the DQ. Where do so, you even get that picture from? Like, where was that from? Like when well, did when did someone get a Dairy Queen in a fucking NASCAR race? Well, Trackhouse always goes to Dairy Queen to celebrate. I don't know if you've noticed that. But are they like a little league baseball team? Yeah, pizza, they, like, they're just fucking awesome, man. They go get yeah. ice cream. They win, loss, no matter what, they're going to Dairy Queen. Dar- Suarez is there. Justin Marks is there. It's it's hilarious and cool. Vibe. That's where you got the pick from, and it's just like this rivalry. It just a new element gets added every single week to, to I, these two guys, right? It's yeah crazy. I love it too because Ross literally like Denny is like Ross like Ross looked up to Denny his whole life in his racing career. He talks about it. He's very mm-hmm. open about it. And you know Ross in his interview just owned up to it. He was like, yeah, I've been owed that for a couple months now. Yeah, how do like you the- how do you do that? Like like that's your your idol, the guy, the man that you watch coming up. You wanted to be like him. You want, and then now you're racing against him, and you were so thrilled. And now that's like the the new rivalry is like the guy that yeah, you loved. That's crazy, right? It's crazy. I couldn't imagine how that feels, but I he, right now it's I don't. I wonder if he he. I would think he doesn't. He probably doesn't think about that much anymore. Because now he's got potential to be better than Denny, right? He's yeah. a championship contender and only his what second full time year in cup. Like he's That's up it. there with them. They're on the same tier when it comes to performance in 2022. So now he's just a competitor and now he fucking hates you. So it's yeah. like, what are you gonna I mean, do? You just gotta race, you know? I'm telling you, I feel like Ross Chastain won this won this battle because there's a war going on. Okay. And, and but this was a battle. And and Ross Chastain won this battle very quietly, very st- strategically, without having to do shit. It was more of accidental. But the, you know, it, if it was a song, it would be "Summer '16" by Drake. You know, they don't want Ross to have a bigger pool than Dene instead of Kanye. You know, there you go. So oh, that's that, nice. I like how you yeah. worked that in there. Oh yeah, that's what's happening right now. You know, and Ross, I think Ross needs to understand. You know, it, Drake Drake says in that song, you know, um, he's got a house in L.A. You got a bigger pool than Ye, um, it just bigger than Jay. You know, he, he used to want to be on Rockefeller, then he turned into Jay. That's what's happening with Ross and Denny right now. Ross is like, "Hey, fuck this! I don't. I, I'm not a child anymore. I don't have to look up to you. I am the man. You know, motherfucker. Like that's him." So yeah, he's he's definitely got that. Ross it's just ain't so hard. It, it, it's it's hard for me to hate Ross because he he's owning up to his errors right and he's owning up to the fact like yeah i guess i deserve to get wrecked there like i've been owed that for a while like he's owning up to it and it's just like making it for me like as a fan it's making me just not want to hate him at all but it's just it's interesting because 
he just pushes so hard that it seems like he'll come back out in one of these weeks and be racing next to Denny and he'll push too hard and just accidentally wreck him. And then Denny's just like, dude, you're so done when we get to Phoenix or Homestead or Kansas, one of these pivotal playoff races, like, you know, he's just going to have that in the bank, no matter what at this point. And it's, it's so early in Ross Chastain's career. It's like, dude, you've already made these, these rivalries with Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, oh, Austin Dillon, throw him in there. Austin Dillon has had some chatter in his post-race interviews because he feels like every time he gets in a wreck, it's because of fucking Ross Chastain. Dude, the list is nuts. You saw that graphic where it's like a literal giant list. Like you got, you got all the guys you just mentioned and you know, yeah, it could be anything like you could, you could literally make up any excuse in the world for it. But like, I just love the fact that there, someone took the time to make a graphic and there's literally like a page as long as an Excel sheet on a 13 inch MacBook screen uh, of names that, uh, that, that, that Ross has fucked this year. It's pretty incredible. It is, and you can go back to Xfinity Series days, and he got into it with Kevin Harvick. Uh, I think he got into it with Kyle Busch once or twice when he was getting in more competitive race cars. Like, man, he this is not something I have seen since Brad Keselowski about, what, seven, eight years ago? Brad K was fight was getting into something with everybody at some point. Kenseth, Gordon, Tony Stewart. This is the new Brad K when Brad K was more on the on the younger side of his career. Wow. And it's going to be interesting to see how I just cannot wait for the playoffs. It's going to be so interesting to see how this all turns out. Um, we just need to see him throw a swing like like Brad. How many fights on like you can never really say if a driver won a fight. I, I don't think I've seen a full fight except for the old days, the Winston days. Oh, Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer well, is the only Ty true one I feel like I've seen. They've got pulled off each other though. Like, was did Brad ever just definitively like not like the last one I can remember was like when I think it was Kyle Bush and Logano. And like Logano made Kyle Bush bleed. Well, it wasn't Logano, it was his pick, guys. His, he okay. got thrown on the ground. Mm. So that yeah, doesn't count either. Then shit. There. We can't so, give Joey credit there. The pit guys fucked him up. Could Ross but, Chastain knock out? Like who would he like that? That's a whole other segment for a whole other day. And I think Denny's pretty it. athletic, man. I feel like Denny would. Oh, Denny yeah, would. I think Denny's shop. a little bit taller too. I don't think the tall. I would have to see the reach, but I mean, but Ross has that. That you know, I, I don't know if I don't think it's a problem. If it is, whatever. But you know, Ross has kind of got that eye. You know what I mean? Like it kind of veers off a little bit. Like he's got multi vision, so I think Ross could like <laughs> fuck him up, dude. Like hard, Damn. like you don't never, you don't know where he's looking, bro. Like you ever looked the motherfucker in the eye that just had like one eye that kind of like went off a little bit. Like you, you don't know. You're like, oh, this motherfucker thinks I'm here, and then bam, the next thing you know, it's fucking crazy legs, but crazy eyes. That's wow. A, wow, wow. I mean, yeah, people get. So there's a lot of people that have lazy eyes. Sometimes, people got right? fucked up eyes, bro. There's nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't say his eyes are fucked up. It's just like one's. I think I don't it's kind of like it's kind of like our boy Chase Elliott on like one of the the new billboards. He's kind of right? got an eye, one of, eyes, yeah. Yeah. on the Hooters 
cut out. One of his eyes, like he does not look like that in person most of the time. You know, what's up with eyes this year? You know, like it's yeah. just it's an intimidation factor. You said that it reminded you of the Intimidator with with how he used to drive. Maybe that's what it is. He smashes watermelons, and you don't know if he's looking left or if he's about to come at you with a fucking left hook. You just don't Who knows? Know. I guess we could find out come playoff time. Mm-hmm. But dude, it's just this was a packed weekend and it was busy amongst all of it chase elliott is the winner but i ain't happy about it but amongst that it was a fucking crazy breakdown of all the sports books all on fire just people sending in messages left and right saying hey this is what your rules say do you even know your own rules the discord has had thousands of messages of people trying to figure out if they were going to get paid or not for like eric jones finished 11th but after the DQs, he's ninth. Do you get that that top ten bet? A lot of people hammered that one. Depends on the book. Chase Elliott. You get Are paid we for still Chase Elliott. waiting? Are we still waiting on on things? No, they. I think they've start. They figured it out now. But like, I saw some sites just did like credit, and that pissed people off because it's not actual oh, money. Yeah. It's just to funnel back into the app. I bet Caesar's. Caesar's so Caesar's sportsbook is the only book I know that's not like an underground offshore that paid for just Chase Elliott to win. Like they they do 6 a.m. next day, whatever the results are, 6 a.m. the day after the race is what they pay out for. And that was Chase Elliott. But most other books pay for Denny Hamlin. And it's funny because I posted like the the brag, the celebration videos on all social media, hundreds of comments that are like, oh, this aged poorly, like you lost. And I'm like, nah, motherfucker, I got paid quick. Because Denny Hamlin is still the winner on most sports books. And this is another topic. Me and uh, Cody Z got into it, actually. I don't know if you saw this, but we disagreed on what constitutes a winner on the betting side of things. And for me personally, I think the winner, the guy that crosses the finish line first is the winner when it comes to your bets. I That's believe what that. I think. What do you think? I believe that. I think that is because I mean, what you're, you know, I feel you consider yourself a traditionalist, and and in that right, I would as well. If the race is on television and you're watching, and everybody is waiting for that last lap, that first car that crosses the finish line, the last lap, is the winner, and that's what should be ruled in favor. The winner for any sports book, whatever that lineup is, as soon as every car crosses that for DFS, that's what should be paid out. Fucking inspection and all that other bullshit. This isn't like other sports. So it's tough. So you're doing that. Technically, you know, people want to tune in to a race, especially when they have money on it. If they're not going to sit there and watch the whole race, they want to watch the last 10 laps. You're like, like televised tech then, bro. Like, so we can sweat tech. Like shit, yeah, and, you know? Right, right. That's a that's a good point. And poor Chef Boy had a big lineup on FanDuel. Yeah, got it's taken unfair. away. Got taken away because he had Kyle Bush and Denny Hamlin as his top two in there. And they run one two. And FanDuel fantasy at least recognizes post race inspection, which is insane to me. And another thing, another reasoning why I think the guy that crosses the finish line first. It should be the winner when it comes to bets is because or multiple reasons, actually. A, Denny Hamlin didn't put the tape on that race car, right? right? Denny Hamlin wasn't responsible for the failure. And are you betting on Denny Hamlin when you 
when you place your sports bet, or are you betting on the 11 team? You're betting on Denny Hamlin. You're betting on the driver. You're not betting on the 11 team who calls the inspection failure. You're betting on the guy who is driving the race car. That's the guy you got your money on to win, finish top three, top five, whatever. So that alone, those two reasonings validate for me why Denny Hamlin should pay out on on sports books. And to me, it's common sense. And it it is common sense because 90% of legal sports books pay out for Denny Hamlin, right? Yeah, I think the only mainstream one I know that doesn't is Caesars. Yeah, so that's can we really sense. call them mainstream? I'm pretty sure they built their app on on Microsoft Excel. <laughs> they might have. Yeah, everything else looks terrible. a lot better. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they do a good job getting lines up early, but they have we have the Garage Guys Discord has a shit ton of beef against Caesars Sportsbook over the what was it last week at New Hampshire? Kevin Harvick top ten. They yeah. were trying to say Kevin Harvick didn't win that bet, that it was a dead heat. That That's tied. Vegas, bro. Like, he Caesars fourth. is Vegas. Like, look, DraftKings Draft is, is their own deal. FanDuel's their own deal. Barstool's their own deal. When I think about Caesars, that is Vegas. So that's the closest thing to Vegas. So we should actually all be hating on Caesars, which is why I call them Caesars and mean them almost every time that I can. Because in the beginning of the year, they didn't give a shit, and they got their lunch ate. I'll never forget Chastain plus 4,000. What the fuck? You know what I mean? So it's things like that where I go back, and now they're like, oh, we got to tighten up. We got to do this, that, da, da, da. And now they're trying to fuck people. It's just classic Vegas, man. Somebody is going to get over on that book and do something crazy one day and win something huge. And the next thing you know, your best buddy that just won a shit ton of money, he's fucking found dead 45 years later in a desert in Vegas. That's what happens when you bet with Caesars. Be weird. Dude, hold on one second. This is this is ludicrous. All right. I I don't even know what to say to that. Just Joe the, Pesci the tangent would. that you're going off on is incredible, but we, we, we think we're Caesars is gonna put a hit on somebody. Is this William Hill? Like is, dude, what that, that sounds like a name that would kill a motherfucker real quick if you think isn't about William it. Hill associated with yeah, William Hill is Caesars. Okay. Yeah, 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 he's probably that's dead, it. but you know, the name itself, like, yeah, that's a guy that don't take shit. Like he like went to like he sat in the lunchroom with Jimmy Hoffa. That is a thousand percent guaranteed. The Clinton also probably. Yeah. No, I mean, if so, he got maybe maybe he's the one. I don't know. I don't want to make any more accusations about Caesars because I'm a I'm a big fan of JP uh JB Smooth. Yeah. Which plays same. yeah. So I love you ever him. see a if you ever see a Bill Clinton sports book or Clinton sports book, don't, don't ever bet on that. Yeah. You'll don't die. That. You'll die. Yeah. If you win guaranteed. <laughs> Dude, it's just, it's this disqualification deal just caused a, an uproar. And honestly, this is a good thing in the long run because now at least I hope I'll keep my fingers crossed. At least now maybe we'll get more clarity on these sports books. Maybe they'll open their eyes and be like, okay, we need to make the rule clear or maybe they'll, they'll be like Caesar and just be like, nah, fuck the customer. They got their feet propped up on their desk, smoking a cigar. And they're like, ah, nah, sorry. We don't care. We'll do it different every time. I don't care what the rules say points bet, which is where I grabbed Denny Hamlin at. I actually made an account in Iowa because Denny was plus plus six fifty, and he was like plus five fifty everywhere else. And they fucked a lot of people based on what the rules say. Shout out to Greg Mathern. 
our, our lawyer guy, he's awesome. Just so good at breaking down these rules. And what he's they our mean. lawyer. And uh, they fucked a lot of people based on the, the, the terminology and their rules. But they did pay for Denny Hamlin. So I'm cool with that. That's big cool true. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it as well. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad that you were able to get that. Like I said, I literally like, dude, once I made up my mind early in the week, I didn't think about nothing else. I did a top three. I did some matchups. Only thing I hit this past weekend was Bubba Wallace top 10. He finished 10th. Good for him. But hey, I had technically a, eighth. Well, yeah, technically eighth now. But according to some books, maybe not. Uh, I will say this, though. I think this opens up a door. And, and I want to just say this right here, right now, so that it's it's literally in ink on the internet forever, and that you can tell your friends, your family, not not just you, Dale, the everyone listening to this, you'll know where this came from. This is copyrighted by Garage Guys Racing LLC. I think the best idea that a sports book could do for this, and, and if I was the owner of a sports book, what I would do is. Well, let's separate this, right? Like, this is an issue we had. We believe that if you cross the finish line first, you are the winner, and that's the bet that should pay. Some people want to go by official rules. Therefore, there's nothing to get excited about when someone crosses the the checkered flag. I know this hasn't happened in a long time, but now that this has happened, you can't rule it out any any more anytime soon. We're seeing things happening left and right. So if I'm a sports book, what I'm going to look at is, I'm going to open up an entire new just just side of all of it. And I'm going to say, okay, we're going to have our traditional uh, winners that have rules and tech like incorporated, and you have odds set on that. And then you have finish line bets. Who crosses the finish line first of a race? And then you have different odds set for that. that I mean, that just adds more variety right there. Odds could be very different and tricky. There's no talent. How would yeah, you like that? you could you could take more risk, like maybe the odds are are more favorable for the cross the finish line first. And maybe they're a little bit more exp- or yeah, a little bit more expensive. On right. The, hey, pass it. You got to pass inspection. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, it'd be the other way around. Right. Yeah, it'd be the other way around because you would be betting more risk on the bet that required the post race inspection. That's right. This wouldn't last forever by any means. This would be something I feel like this would be a great thing for a book to do to like really just, you know, rake in some more cash. Because think about it, like if you do this over like the next five, five to 10 weeks or for the rest of the season, at least, you know, with the new car developments, we don't really know what we're going to see yet from these teams and what NASCAR is going to keep finding. I think for the rest of the season, that wouldn't be a bad, bad thing to do. Well, here's the thing. Go ahead. Here's the thing. This hasn't happened in 62 years. Right. So I think they're going to sleep on it. And if it if it happens again or maybe an, uh, another time, I like that idea. I actually don't hate that. There's got to be some variation, something close to your idea that they could that they could do. Right. Especially in DFS. Like, because I feel like that's the guys that get robbed the most. The guys DFS, that are, dude. Yeah. Like DFS DraftKings does it the right way. DraftKings yes. does, it, does it the right way on both sides. DraftKings really paid out for Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin if you pick both of them. That because is that's how you treat your customer, dude. Yeah. That is how you treat the customer. But FanDuel DFS, that is insane that they go post race inspection. 
Well, so dumb. Is it surprising that they do that? They're the only book that was late to the party on making sure they closed off the board when qualifying was going on. Like that just happened. Like they just figured that out. Yeah, there, there was empty Pain. office space in the NASCAR side of the of the building. I guarantee you that. Yeah, I, I uh, I've been taking advantage of that all year, and yeah, it's been great. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately that's over with. But wow. Just fucking an absurd weekend all around, and we didn't even talk about Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs, the debut, the never forgotten debut, will be overshadowed by all this other shit. And he, he drove finished 16th yeah. in place of Kurt Busch. So good for him. I'd say it's a pretty good day right there. We'll see how everything else transpires going into Indianapolis this weekend. I can't wait to get up there. But uh, but yeah, before we go, I think it's uh, I think think we gotta gotta flip flip the channel. And uh, take a look at the uh, the garage guide. Yeah, we're back. Uh, number three, garage guide number three. That's it. And, you know, since we saw this weekend a pretty gut-wrenching loss for Denny Hamlin when it comes to, I mean, everything, right, except for betting, when it comes to his personal accolades, when it comes to the championship picture, the amount of points that he lost, it is kind of a gut-wrencher, right, over a – Oh, yeah. A, one-tenth of an inch piece of tape thickness or length or whatever the hell it was. So the topic I wanted to do for the Garage Guide, a.k.a. our power rankings, opinionated power rankings of a of a topic that's typically racing-related, uh, the top five most gut-wrenching losses in racing. So, I mean, typically we do NASCAR. I'm going to include a couple, a couple outside of NASCAR, but – Top five worst gut-wrenching losses. So I'll let you go ahead with your top five plus an honorable mention. All right. So we'll start this out. Uh, my honorable mention is going to start um, in the fictional universe of racing. Uh, the most gut-wrenching loss uh, occurred. A young boy in, in Japan uh, was racing downhill in, a, in an intense drift battle against a Lancer Evo driving his uh, Torino AE86, uh, which is also known as a Toyota Sprinter in America. Uh, his name is uh, Takami Fujiwara. Um, and on episode, uh, on, I guess, Act 6 of the second stage of Initial D, uh, Takami lost his first race uh, on the downhill in the mountain. And it was Dude, a very no sad time. I what you're even talking about right now. I'm, I'm you, looking this up. It's okay. It's just, it's a tough time. It's a tough thing to watch, you know, especially it's, it's an animated cartoon in Japan. They take those very seriously. Uh, used to call them animes, but they I've since learned they're animes. And, uh, and so I started watching initial D as an adult 30 year old man. And, uh, I kind of fucked with it because it Second was just stage act six. That's correct. Second stage. That's like season two episode six this is the dumb all right well, you know what whatever this is the dumbest yeah. thing ever. i'm not things are different guy, so like in Dragon that world Z, but well anyway what happened was is that this eight six there's no way in hell it could, blew up. it could be yeah his engine exploded it was a sad time but you know his dad was just ripping a sig and just calm as hell he's like the best racer in japan uh i'm pretty sure they got him fixed up i, I haven't really watched much more since then but i just want to throw that out for the honorable mention because uh, it was basically the birth of drifting. That cartoon really helped usher that era in. Now that I'm a former drift guy, fair enough. Had to put All right. that. 
Uh, number five, Ryan Newman's 2020 Daytona wreck. He was coming to the line. Uh, he, he was going to win this thing. And then literally the most wildest wreck that we've seen in recent history, I would say, the, the most talked about, the wreck heard around the world. Um, we were nervous about his health. He came out okay. Things were good. But that was a terrible way uh, to lose a race. So I'll have to say that much with it. Everyone remembers it. Number four, and this is one that might hit a little close to home for you, Dale. Uh, I didn't even bet on the, this guy to win the race. I did have him uh, top 10, which paid. Eric Jones, Talladega of 2022 this oh, year. Get the fuck out of here, dude. It was rough. It was rough. I watched all of your your facial expressions, everyone around us' facial expressions. The Discord was in pain. That that oh. is still talked about to to this date from earlier in the year. It was a rough one. Man had it. Chastain came out of nowhere. Someone probably called him and told him Kid Rock was in the stands. He didn't go want to the next down. Go to the next one. Number three, Mark Martin, Daytona 2007. Mark Martin never won a Daytona 500. It was looking like it was his chance out of nowhere. He gets a little bit loose. Kevin Harvick sweeps up right at the line, takes it away from him. The legend himself, Mark Martin. It was a sad one to watch. Number two, Dale Jr.'s Coke 600 in 2011. Fuel mileage race, runs out of gas, heartbreaking. Dale Jr. did not – if I'm not mistaken, Dale Jr. never won the Coke 600. Correct. That is correct. And his first race was the Coke 600, by the way, as well. So would have been an amazing thing to see it come full circle as he was uh, in the beginning stages of winding down his career. I think that's appropriate to say within that span of time from 2011 to 2017. That was the day America cried. Yeah, it was sad to watch because I I went and rewatched it and I did not like what I saw. It was uh, it was a tough one. Tough it's funny, one you know, you've given two in a row. Get the Kevin Harvick won both races of these heartbreaks. He beat Mark Martin and he beat Dale Jr. That's why they call him happy. Out. He's just, he's just there. Or they call no, him. That's the why they call him the closer. The closer, Mister. Where did time. he come from? Is what they used to always say. I miss those well, days. Anyway, the my number one. Uh, gut-wrenching loss is a very personal one to me. It is fairly new. It happened last season at Pocono, the Tricky Triangle. I bet on Kyle Larson. He dominated the race right at the line, coming up on turn three, I believe. Tires go down. Alex Bowman comes up behind him and wins the race. I wanted to die that day. I'm pretty sure I had over $500 on Kyle Larson. Uh, because of the unit allocation and because of how uh, how low the units were. That day, there's a TikTok that will live on forever, an Instagram reel, a video, if you will, for the older generation. There was a video online that I posted, and it shows the pain because I was waiting to celebrate my victory, and it flipped in a second. That day Damn, still man. hurts. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see the – you know, I didn't I didn't put any personal betting ones in there. The Eric Jones one, of course, like is one of the most painful races I've ever seen. But I'm more on the history side of this. Um, but, yeah, that Kyle Larson one, if you had the house on Kyle Larson, yeah, you just like immediately drink bleach. 
Hurts. So I get that one. So it's a good list, except for the honorable mention, because I've no, I've never even heard of that thing. You'll Takumi, never watch it. Fucker, whatever his name is. But um, I'll go and do my list. My garage guide, worst gut-wrenching losses in racing. Honorable mention, Bobby Labonte, 2005, Coca-Cola 600. Anybody that remembers this one? Jimmy Johnson passed him, coming to the line in a photo finish. He was in the number 18 FedEx car. He hadn't won a race in over, what, two or about two years. He had struggled horribly in 2005 as well. Crazy race, bunch of wrecks. Bobby Labonte survives it. He's on two tires. Uh, did a track position play. Looked like he had it. And Jimmy Johnson, who was so dominant at Charlotte in this era, just caught him on the final lap and blew right by him coming to the line. That one was a heartbreaker. That is honorable mention. That's not even top five. And if you uh, mid-2000s guys and girls, you remember that race vividly if you were a big fan around that time. That was a tough one, especially if you were a Labonte guy. And it's sad. Never got to see him win another race after – 2003 so sucked but moving into the top five i'm with you number five i have the mark martin 2007 daytona 500 the closer comes out of nowhere steals it from him coming to the start finish line one of the greatest nascar races of all time i mean what a fucking phenomenal race but the hurt and the pain for mark martin was real um i was just so tough a guy that didn't that never won a championship and just tried for so long to get a title and to win a Daytona 500. And that was the closest he ever got and got stolen from him on the final straightaway slash trial. It was crazy. Love that Kevin was... Harvick, but me and my dad were definitely watching that in awe and shock of what happened. But after the fireworks settled, my dad was like, damn, really wanted Mark to win that one. That was the day that the, his give a damn busted. I think that's probably the first Gucci main tape he bought was after 2007. He just started living fly as fuck like a baller. That's why we love Maybe Mark so. Martin. I don't know the Gucci main like timeline of like his or his discography, I guess is the best way to put it. But I'm going to find that out. I can't wait. Yeah. So Mark Martin, big Gucci main guy, number five. Number four, this one hits home hard. Uh, Carl Edwards, 2016 Homestead, the championship race where he had the race won, or he was going to finish second to Kyle Larson, but he was leading the championship four. He was pulling away from, uh, I think it was Kyle Busch, and a a ghost caution comes out for nothing. Uh, One of the worst cautions ever thrown in the history of NASCAR. He crashes, making a bad block on Joey Logano on the restart. And loses the championship and gives it to Jimmy Johnson for his seventh, which was also painful as a Jimmy Johnson hater. And then Carl Edwards never raced again. Just fucking so sad. It's the saddest uh, non-death story, I think, in NASCAR. One of the saddest. I won't say the most sad because I have to think about other situations. But top three, one of the most sad NASCAR situations ever. The pit, the pit crew thing, the video of him going into the pit box of J- Joey Logano and shaking their hands. Good sport. Yeah, great sport. You just see the sorrow in the man's eyes. I just can't believe that was the race. That was his final race. I just cannot believe he retired after that. and just He had to know before. Dropped off. 
Yeah, he had a. I mean, he's not. He doesn't seem like he would just make that much of a of a, an emotional decision that quick. Yeah, I think he, it was planned because I think he had heard the direction NASCAR was going with the terrible aero package, where you just it's not racing anymore. It's just um, trying to turn every track into a super speedway, which is what Blinding. they tried. And I think he'd heard rumor of that and said, "I'm not. I'm not going to be a part of that." And he left. So stings. Um, but yeah, it was just really, really sad situation. Carl Edwards, God, that was a gut wrencher. So that's the most recent one I have. That's number four. Number three, Marco Andretti, 2006 Indy 500. What an unbelievable fucking race this was. 15 to go. Michael Andretti is leading. He's like the Mark Martin of NASCAR when it comes to Daytona, not winning the championship. He had been so good at Indy, could not get a win. Um, He's in the latter stage of his career, his last true chance. He's leading the race with like 15 to go. Marco, his son, as a rookie, is in second. And then you got everybody behind them. And Sam Hornish, who had been the dominant guy most of this race, pitted, took tires, lined up in like fifth or sixth place. Maybe even further back than that. But uh, they get the restart. Marco Andretti passes Michael Andretti, his dad, takes the lead. Crowd's going nuts because – the Andrettis, especially Michael, um, were f- just huge favorites, huge crowd favorites here. And Marco takes lead, rookie driving for Andretti, just blew them away, pulling away. He's got this race won. Final lap, Sam Hornish, I swear, makes up over a second, over a second on the final lap and passes him coming to the line. It was one of the most shocking finishes I'd ever seen. And I was 10 years old watching it. I couldn't, like, it was, the storyline was just unbelievable. And it just added to the the storied history of the Andretti curse when it comes to the Indy 500. Shout the only to the Andretti, clock. Only Andretti to ever win it, Mario Andretti, back in uh, the late 60s, early 70s. I can't remember the year off the top of my head. Long but. time before that yeah. man. He, he hadn't had milk in many moons, dude. No milk. No milk at all from Marco or Michael. But that race was just unbelievable because of the storylines and, and how it finished was so shocking. Unbelievable gut-wrencher for Marco Andretti. And he never won one. He is now retired, part-time guy. Did win an SRX championship, though. Congrats. And uh, the only person I know that has me blocked on Twitter. So that's number three, Marco Andretti. Number two, Dale Earnhardt, 1990 Daytona 500. This one is like, oh, my God, unbelievable. Dale Earnhardt dominates this race, which he was like Michael Andretti at Indianapolis, but better. Dale Earnhardt would lead so many laps, just control the field, have the best car at Daytona, in the Daytona 500 and could never win until 1998. Finally got it done, but 1990 leading and gets a flat tire on the final lap of the race, heading into turn three, and fucking Derek Cope wins his only career race. He handed it that one. Unbelievable. Just handed it right to him. Sounds familiar. Yeah, Kyle Larson, but the magnitude of the Daytona 500 and Mm. the fact that Earnhardt had gone – 11 years without winning it at this time. It was just such a storyline. When is Dale going to win the 500? This is the year. And he blows a tire in the final lap. Took him eight more. The TV broadcast is just hilarious because it shows 
Teresa with one of the babies cheering and cheering and cheering. And then like they're, the baby's crying and Teresa's upset because he had just blown a tire. It's the most awkward, gut-wrenching uh, broadcast ever, I think, because of you just have to go back and watch it. If you, if you guys are familiar with this, you know what I'm talking about. But the camera kept going back to Teresa, like at her house or at a house, listening to it or watching it. Like they had a broadcast camera in her house ready to celebrate. And then it, it comes back. Like after Derrick wins it and she's upset and the baby's just bawling, crying like it is. It's it's hilarious, but it's sad. And what a gut wrencher for a guy that just it seemed like he would never win the 500 and fucking Derrick Cope wins. My dad still, even though Dale did win it in 98, my dad still is fucking pissed about 1990. Like it's it's hilarious. But that's number two. And number one for me is is obvious. And for NASCAR people who aren't super into IndyCar or are very familiar with the history, especially the Indy 500, you've got to look this video up as soon as you hear this. J.R. Hildebrand, 2011 Indy 500. Easily the most gut-wrenching loss in the history of auto racing. Final lap, rookie J.R. Hildebrand driving for Panther Racing. Uh, played the fuel mileage perfectly. They got the lead. They're going to make it on fuel. Nothing to worry about. No one's even close. No pressure from behind. All you got to do is finish the lap, and you would be a rookie Indy 500 champion, 400,000 people in the crowd, biggest race on the planet. And in turn four, goes around a lap car, should have been more patient. He wasn't. Tries to pass a lap car on the outside, gets up into the marbles, the dirty groove, and smokes the wall. And the the announcers just went crazy. It, I just could not imagine being there. I wish I was there so bad when that happened, just to feel the eruption. But watching I watched it, on TV, it for the first time, and I, I'll say, like, it is it, it's tough. Like, that's a tough one. Like, you're just – just the, in the cuts – the way that the camera just cuts back to everybody's just like, there's just nice, happy shots, normal cars rolling. Dan Weldon broke yeah. car. Yeah. It's Dan Weldon comes through, wins it his final win before he died. This was such divine intervention. It was crazy because Dan Weldon had lost his full-time ride mm. is in a part-time car and runs second. And then Jared Hillebrand hits the wall and Dan Weldon wins his second Indy 500 final one of his career and then he dies at the end of 2011 it's just a crazy story right RIP, like, yeah but it ultimately jr hildebrand has never won an indy car race now not full-time anymore like that's why this is the most gut-wrenching because that win would have changed his life forever yeah. Yeah. and man it is sad it just it just cannot believe that he he crashed come out of turn four in the biggest race on planet earth, biggest moment, biggest stage. And, uh, and it, the craziest part was I thought he still was going to win it. He's still got enough speed where you didn't know how far Dan Weldon was. You thought he had a huge lead. He's coming to the line with three fucking wheels. The fourth one hanging up in the air and me and my dad are yelling, like, he's still going to win it. He's still got it. And then Dan Weldon passes him and he, and Hildebrand still finishes second, but my God, what a gut wrencher because never got close ever again. And he still races the Indy 500 every year, but not in, in 
vehicles that are competitive enough to compete for a win, I think. So there you go. That's my list. I hope you enjoy that. I love that segment. I love that topic because it fits the narrative of what happened to Denny Hamlin and uh, brings back a lot of good and bad memories, but nonetheless, a lot of fun memories when you think back about them and, and reminisce. So love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, those were good lists. So mine, obviously a lot more recent yours spread out amongst the motorsports world, still great stuff. So those are stamped now forever etched in the garage guide. Uh, be on the lookout. We'll have uh, we'll have, I guess maybe a graphic out for that later on and uh, we'll get some, some good stuff together for you guys for next week's race recap. But this has been a, a long one. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. We really talked about a lot Dude, on this how episode. long do you know how long this has been has it been two hours is that I, all i know right now is that whoever is listening to this in their car if they've been in their car for this whole entire time their ass is itching guaranteed uh time to get out go take a leak at uh, a gas station or if you're in your office chair listening to this you might be okay don't know Dude, if you if you listen to this whole podcast you're a fucking champion we love you that's why we love you uh, don't forget again, giving away built for the future, Tony Stewart, very rare vintage shirt for Indianapolis in celebration of being back at IMS. I'm just stoked. Uh, I am home as of now. We'll be flying back up on Friday. I hope to see some of you guys there. If you're going to be at Indianapolis motor speedway this weekend, please hit us up in the discord, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram comments, wherever you can get, something to us where you can tag us do that we want to make sure that uh we take time to come shake your hand thank tell you thanks for the support and uh and as always we do appreciate you guys for sticking with us rolling with us merch update waiting to get graphics back once graphics are returned we're going to go ahead and start our process dale and i will be talking more about how we're going to go about selling these shirts, whether we're going to do bulk wholesale or if we decide to do some pre-sale uh, collection, basically on a shirt. So there's some options out fun. there for you. Yeah, we're happy for it. But uh, that's uh, that's that's about it. You got you got anything? Any last words, Dale? Dale Center. I have scheduled for Wednesday. But just be aware, I might move it back to Thursday because of IndyCar. If we don't get IndyCar odds by a certain time on Wednesday, I'm going to have to move it back to Thursday because I got to talk about IndyCar odds for this weekend's race. So keep a lookout just on Twitter, social media, Discord for that update for Dale Center. And then expect the preview show with a special guest and hope you guys come out to Indianapolis. It's going to be a lot of fun. Whole weekend is going to be a blast. We cannot wait big bet all right guys you know the drill we'll see you again soon holla at us anytime have a good week it's time for indy